Awesome. Well, I'm going to leave us in a time of sharing. Uh, and the hope is that I will share a short, a short message. Uh, I'm sure some people hope for that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to share a short message. Um, and with the hope that we will um, have an extended time of worship tonight. Um, it is Pentecost Sunday. And yeah, just with the theme of pressing into this, um, the power of the Holy Spirit. And just really wanting to allow that space um, in worship for people to do that. So... Connor is going to lead us on time of worship, which is really awesome. Um, and yeah, so that's the, that's the hope today. Um, we'll see how long I take. I think it's short, uh, but it's hard to tell from the word count how long something takes. So um, we'll, we'll see how we go. Yeah, so like I said, over the next four weeks, um, we are um, pressing into the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, one that, you know, God, God filled the church. One that um, filled people of God um, during Pentecost. And we have the two things I talked about, so the experiencing a God um, sheet, the 28-day sheet, um, and then we've got the prayer rooms and prayer furnaces. Um, I realize I wrote this on my notes, not realizing I do the notices on them as well. Um, last week when I'm promoting these things, I talked about the concept of training, not trying. Training, not trying. And I wrote a quote this week by Dallas, um, Dallas Willard um, that writes, um, as disciples, we are not trying to be different people, but we are training to be different people. And I think the key distinction here is that we are called to train ourselves rather than simply trying, failing, and then being discouraged. Training is a grace-filled understanding of what we are doing. We are training ourselves to become more filled with Christ, more filled with his presence. And this requires time, effort, perseverance. Um, yeah, and, 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 and times of yeah, trying, and times of doing it again and again until we are trained to do that. Um, I wrote juggling in notes here. Um, last week I talked about learning how to play basketball. I'm also learning how to juggle, uh, which is one of my many um, things, is that I'm always trying to learn something new. Um, juggling's going badly, but I know I'm training to one day be able to juggle three balls at a time. You know, like, it's a, it's a, but if I try every time and I just discourage every time, I'm gonna eventually stop. But I know I'm training. I'm training for the goal, which is three ball juggling. I'll bring that in a few months time. Until I'll, I'll do that for a good story. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> Look, tonight I want to talk about, um, what I want to talk about tonight is why do we choose to press into the power of the Holy Spirit? Why we choose to press into the power of the Holy Spirit? Why is Pentecostal spirituality, um, the belief in the power that the Holy Spirit moves, heals, speaks words of wisdom, prophesies, leads, um, why is that one of the four points of our charism, so one of the four points of what we believe here in part of Renew, and why is experiencing God one of our three main priorities for the year across Renew? Um, and look, before I begin, I, I want to say, it's important to say I don't have all the answers. Um, if you assume that was the case, then um, you're better than me. Uh, uh, I don't have all the answers. I don't know why some prayers are not answered, some aren't. Some aren't. Um, neither do I want to paper over the experiences of people, people might have with different spiritual practices. And they very well we might be time to lament and grieve those experiences before you're able to move forward. Um, those are just, you know, things I, have to, I, I feel like I have to say. But what I do believe is that the Holy Spirit is powerful and that pressing into the power of the Holy Spirit isn't an addendum to the life of faith we live, but a central element, an essential element that enables us to live it. And so since it's Pentecost Sunday, I'll begin with a reading from Acts 2, um, the Pentecost story, parts of it, it's, it's quite long, um, and a pivotal moment for the church. I've cut out some bits um, just, just, for, just to make this short. Yeah, feel free to close your eyes or um, yeah, whatever you feel like doing. Um, imagining the scene as, as I read it out to you guys. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. 
And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a white violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowds gathered and was bewildered, because each one of them heard them speaking in the native tongue of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, aren't not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native tongue? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, in our own tongues we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? And others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. And they're skipping ahead. Um, Peter speaks for a bit in between, importantly. Uh, now when they had heard this, they were cut to heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children, and for those who are far away, everyone who from God calls them. And, and then later, um, all came upon everyone because many wonders and signs are being, were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute their, the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home, ate their food, ate food, their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Yeah, so it's, it's a pretty wild story. A story some people call the beginning of the church's mission to the world, um, with the message being preached to a much wider group of people from across the world. And, and what I want to suggest is there's three reasons we want to pre press into the power of the Spirit as we see in Pentecost. The three reasons, and um, yeah. The first is that the power of the Holy Spirit is a gift to community, or the community. The power of the Holy Spirit is a gift to the community. The story of Pentecost is one of community, a small community of people, um, and widening it to a larger community. And that the gifts of the Spirit, um, the speaking of languages in this case, um, widened the community of faith to include those around the globe. Um, I did try to practice all the names of the many things. Uh, I've, I've tripped this up before. I've been asked to read the Pentecost story once before, and I couldn't say any of those names. So I tried practicing or saying it faster so no one picks it up. Uh, and, um, and it's the very essence, right? A community-focused event where the power of the Spirit becomes a gift to a global community, where, where we stand we stand and sit in the, um, in the um, looking for the word, in the kind of um, the, the effects of that. We can consider, for instance, as well, the gifts of the spiritual giftings we understand, you know, healing, prophecy, words of knowledge. These are gifts that are not done often in isolation, not, not always, anyway. You pray for someone else's healing, you speak words of wisdom over someone or a community, you speak, you prophesy over a community. It's often a gift that someone has been... Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Emergency, um, emergency phone thing. Um, what's Text and rose, I was like, this is gonna happen right back in the middle of service. So I was like, hopefully it's not during the worship. It's just a test, emergency test thing. 
we haven't got it. All good, everyone happy? I think there might be another batch going through, so we'll see how that goes. Good fun, good fun. They were like, you know what, you know, they're like, you know what's a good time to um, send the emergency thing? Maybe 6 p.m. on a Sunday. No one's doing anything at that time, eh? Um, that's a really good time to send it through. Anyway, um, um, yeah, it's often, these gifts are often gifts that someone has received, that someone's pressed into, given to others to strengthen the community. As a gift in our community, when we pray for one another, whether it's for praying, for healing, for encouragement, for words, and in, um, in our seasonal guide group, oh, that's why I forgot promo, seasonal guide groups. Um, seasonal guide group, we um, always end the session, um, our small groups, essentially, um, end the session by time of prayer. And we talk about praise and prayer points. And it's a time of vulnerability that I've learned that grows our closest to one another. And that's not to say you can't pray for your own healing, of course, but when we pray for one another, the body of the... But the body of the church becomes stronger, becomes united. So in the, in the story of Pentecost, following the event, following the Pentecost event, it says, day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home, ate their food with glad and generous hearts. Community followed the power of the Spirit moving. This is, how we, this is central to how we understand the power of the Holy Spirit working. It is given for the benefit of the community. And so we individually press into these spiritual gifts. We empower our community not just the community of the church, but our neighbors and our neighborhoods at large. So that's point one. The second point is that the power of the Holy Spirit is a reminder of God's infinite power. In the Pentecost story, about 3,000 people, it says, comes to join the faith and more and more are added. Um, the, um, I'm just going to keep going. Eh? Um, you guys, if you're too distracting, no, I don't know. Pretend you're listening. Um, the, the NRSV translation of this says that all came upon everyone. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. I think there's an evangelistic uh, reading on the power of the Holy Spirit, which would be correct. But I also think I want to suggest that this all is something that we are pre- uh, called to hold on to for ourselves. That when we pray, when we see God work, when we see the trust, and when we trust in God's power to move, we are reminded once again that we love and serve a God of infinite power and might. It is a reminder that we have to rely on God, um, who's more powerful than any of us. We are weak, but God is strong. For instance, during the Exodus, um, God appeared to the Israelite people as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. A reminder of the power of God, the God who parted the seas, who released them from bondage. It is a reminder of the God who is infinitely powerful. In the same way, how do we remember the works of God, the movement of the Spirit of God in our lives, as a reminder of the infinite power of the God we serve? How do we hear and hear, hear and see stories of healing as a reminder of the magnificence of our God, one who's worthy of all glory, honor, and praise? And my third point, find my third point, is that the power of the Holy Spirit is a glimpse of the kingdom, one of hope and one of liberation. The power of the Holy Spirit is a glimpse of the kingdom, one of hope and liberation. That last part of the Pentecost passage really strikes me every time I read it. All came upon everyone because of the many wonders and signs were being done to apostle. And then the next sentence says, All who believed were together and had many things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute their proceeds to all as any had need. Following Pentecost was the action of these people selling their possessions and distributing it to all those in need. It was the glimpse of the kingdom breaking through, the kingdom that is here but not yet. When we see the power of the Spirit moving, it is a reminder of the hope and the liberation we have in Jesus, the kingdom that is coming with Jesus, the kingdom that Jesus came to proclaim. 
that our God is powerful and is liberating and healing all things. It is the promise of a new creation. Um, as C.S. Lewis so beautifully writes, um, I'm going to read the quote, and maybe I might um, summarize it. He says, I contend that in all these miracles alike, the incarnate God does suddenly and locally something that God has done and will do in general. That is, each miracle writes for us in small letters, each miracle writes for us in small letters something that God has already written or will write in letters almost too large to be noticed across the whole canvas of nature. They focus at a particular point, either God's actual or his future operations on the universe. In essence, what we see in the small miracles, the miracles that we see on our day-to-day basis, it's a part of the wider picture of what God has done, is doing, and will do. It's part of the greater canvas in which God is writing in our time. Um, in the medieval liturgy, Veni uh, Sante Spiritus, um, come Holy Spirit. I put C.S. Lewis and medieval theology for Gil, who's not here, so uh, but Gil, if you're listening to this, you know, uh, you know, a bit of medieval literature and a bit of C.S. Lewis, just for you. There's a beautiful line um, translated from Latin, uh, it's called Come Holy Spirit, beautiful line translated from Latin that reminds us about the work of the Holy Spirit, and I want to end on this. Um, yeah, the quote is this. Um, Wash what is dirty, refresh what is dry, heal what is wounded, bend what is stubborn, melt what is frozen, direct what is wandering. It's the promise of a kingdom that's here but not yet. It's the promise of the kingdom that Jesus came to proclaim. So here's three points um, before we lead into a time of worship and prayer. Um, first, that the power of the Holy Spirit is a gift to the community. Second, that the power of the Holy Spirit is a reminder of God's infinite power and might. And third, that the power of the Holy Spirit is a glimpse of a kingdom, one of hope, and one of liberation. And these three reasons are why I believe that the moving of the power of the Spirit are essential and encourage you in this time over the next, um, next month, or even further, do that after the next month, um, to press into the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, yeah, I just want to encourage you that this evening might be a time to do that as well. Um, there's, um, we... Uh, a few of us will be really happy to pray with you at the cross, um, if that is something you wish to do during the worship. Um, during worship. Um, but we'll just leave the space for people to, to worship, to pray, to um, press into what the Spirit is doing in this space. Mm. Um, I'll pray. Um, 